Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Greg Speaks Live. This is a very, very serious program you should be listening to. This is Charles Stewart. I am Senior VP of Nations Learning Center. I am CEO of Hope Properties. And I'll stop there. That's enough. When you've got something that you think you need to deal with, and most of us have to do that all the time, turn to Greg Speaks Live. I do. It makes sense. Cabinet Associates Education Consulting Services, providing support to schools K-12. through Dr. Jackie Cobbin is the speaker of choice for assemblies, conferences, and women gatherings. Cobbin Associates offers staff development for teachers and administrators. She is a nationally recognized educational consultant, technical writer, and editor for nonprofit and profit organizations. Mentoring young men and women and expanding her God-given kingdom authority is Dr. Cobbin's life's purpose. Her most recently published book, According to His Purpose, has already landed Dr. Cobbin the Influential Authors Award of Houston. Forbidden Business Journal named Dr. Cobbin as one of the most effective and results-oriented consultants in America as a CEO of Cobbin & Associates Educational Consulting Services. Schedule an appointment or to book Dr. Jackie Cobbin for your next speaking engagement call 832-715-6830. Cobbin & Associates. Hey everybody, this is Stephen Tolliver and I'm here with the realist Gregory D. Anderson Jr. Spitting truth on the airwaves. Excellent show, excellent quality programming. Whenever I speak, I call this brother. Listen to Greg Speaks Live. Talk shows best in the North, South, East, West, Worldwide. Hosted by Gregory D. Anderson Jr. Now buckle up. You're listening to Greg Speaks Live. Greg Speaks Live. Hi, welcome to Greg Speaks Live. I am your host, Gregory D. Anderson Jr. Uh, Today we are in store for a wonderful uh, program. Uh, today's Greg Speaks Live is being brought to you by Cobbin and Associates. Dr. Cobbin is the speaker of choice. Also, it's been sponsored by Texas Anger Managers. If you know of anyone that have fits of rage or anger, call Texas Anger Managers at 832-329-7148. Again, it's 832-329-7148. Or you can visit them online at www.texasangermanagers.com. subject is... Where do we go from here? Community or chaos? I'm going to repeat that. Where do we go from here? Community or chaos? 
Of course, a lot of times we can go a number of different ways with this particular subject. But one thing to me that's very, very beneficial to know is given all the, the dynamics that's taking place in the world and the country, uh, many of us are affected. We're impacted one way or another. And uh, whether you say, well, I don't care about that, I don't, I don't care about what's going on in the country, you know, we've, we've come to the point where we're feeling that I'm not really caring or I'm not concerned about what's going on with my neighbor. But again, your neighbor's problem, the community problem, global problems eventually become your problem. Today, we're burying someone else. Tomorrow, we may be burying you. So we have to really look at the, the different dynamics and stop just pointing the finger and saying, well, that's somebody else's problem. And what I've come to discover in this life, my 47 years, is that people have a tendency of not worrying about everybody else until it hits home. Once it hits home, once it, you know, visit your doorstep, you know, if it's happening to someone else's child, we're like, oh, that kid is this way and that kid is that way. But the reality of it is, what if we look at it as if that's, that could be my child, that could be my son, my daughter, my uncle, my dad, my mother. And so when we look at it that way, I just think just a little love definitely makes uh, a big difference. Today is very, very critical. It's a good day today. And uh, we're going to jump into this subject. Where? do we go from here? Where? I repeat, where do we go from here? Community or chaos? All right, my special guest today uh, joining me is Stephen Tolliver. He is the campus minister at Westbury Christian School and the proud husband, Brittany Tolliver, and father of two beautiful daughters. He is an educator of 10 years in both public and private education, two of which were spent in the UAE. Of course, having studied psychology and African-American studies at the University of Houston and education administration, Stephen has produced two documentary films, Fractures of the Communal Ethos and We the People, 2009. Tolliver is passionate about his faith, education, and aiding others in a personal and professional way. Right, this is Tolliver. Welcome to Greg Street Live. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, definitely, man. I'm glad glad you're here. Finally, it's been, it's been a minute. I know we've been talking about uh, getting you on. I think the thing that's, uh, that's critical to have you come in in your own way. And I do want to ask you, where do we? Go from here. Well, Greg, that's a good question. Uh, and I, I'm glad you had me on. I, I don't really believe in accidents. I, I believe everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. So, uh, you know, <laughs> us being together at this time is something that, uh, that's been a, that's been appointed by God. It's great. Where do we go from here? Um, many people don't know this, but Dr. King wrote a book right before he was assassinated, and it was entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? Uh, Chaos or Community? And in this book, it, he really paints a different picture, uh, not only of himself, because uh, oftentimes people kind of lump Dr. King in there with Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, uh, a mythological figure uh, who is a static character who didn't really vent or or experience any of the frustrations that many many African Americans did during the 60s. But in this particular book, he really just lays out a lot of the doubts that he has after having the Voting Rights Act passed in 1964. And all the legislation that he was successful in, in, in pushing with the, the nonviolent movement that he had, he began to see that there were no changes. Uh, the country was becoming more and more volatile, more and more violent, and the peaceful, the ocean of peace uh, that he alluded to so many times before, he, he wasn't seeing that. And what Dr. King began to see uh, is something that, we, you know, I'm hoping that we began to look at tonight is that, this is a quote he said, we live in an inescapable web of mutuality, meaning that my problems or your problems, whether you're black, white, rich or poor, they're all, we, we all experience problems and our problems are connected. 
So in this book, he paints this picture, and he asks the question, you know, after all that's been done, after the dust is settled, where do we go from here? Do we form a community, or do we descend into chaos and collapse like a dying star? And he asked this question as he began to really focus more on the Vietnam War and the injustices that were being purveyed on the poor. And 50 years later, we're asking that same question. And, and, and given the events what happened over the last six months, the election, uh, over the last four or five years with the increased number of civilian killings by policemen, our economy, all the different uncertainties that exist in, in our country at this point in time, this is a question that we as Americans need to ask ourselves. Where do we go from here? And what I really would like to ask this, this question and what I'd like for everyone to think about is, you know, how do we get here? You know, how do we reach, a, how do we reach this state? Where, at what point did America become uh, so racially divided? Uh, at what point in time did the apathy become so great that uh, we have men who are leading us who are not, who, who lack integrity? Uh, There's scandal after scandal. Uh, the the involvement politically is is at one of its lowest points. At what point do we reach? Do we do we arrive here? My question would be this. Uh, was that lack of integrity, has it already been there? The racism itself, was it already at the core of this country? Because they say, hey, we, we, these are the, supposedly the United States. These are the United States. We're supposed to be united. But we appear to be very divided from a cultural standpoint. I, mean, I don't know if you get a chance to look at a lot of the news feeds. Uh, Donald Trump and his team has been going public every day. And to me, I think he's treating this like this is a sitcom, a reality show. And I think there's a big difference between running a country as if you are a CEO versus being a president. I mean, his whole mindset, you're fired. I mean, actually firing. I mean, I know you saw that. Yeah. Firing a person who basically was saying this is not fair. So, so if anybody says something contrary to you, if you're the chief, um, commander-in-chief, and somebody tells you, well, I disagree with you, I, to me, that says that person is not open. It's a lack of working together. It's a lack of community, as you were saying here. So my question would be, and I, I think you raised a good question as well, but has this been always there, but we've kind of covered it up? I think so. Uh, I, uh, I think that when you shine a lamp on something, or the spotlight is on someone or something, uh, the impurities come out of it. Either you'll shine in the spotlight or you'll burn up. And I believe that right now our country is in the spotlight. It has been for some, quite some time, but I think that what's happening is that we're beginning to see a lot of those ghosts, a lot of those demons uh, come out. Uh, I think that our nation has been conditioned to accept this kind of leadership, and I believe it it, be, it began far back as Nixon administration. Uh, we talk about scandal in the White House and lack of integrity. We talk about uh, racism. We talk about uh, institutionalized racism against certain groups, uh, and I'm not just talking about African Americans. We're talking about groups, period, uh, anyone that's different. When we talk about that kind of thought process, that kind of psychology or that kind of psyche in terms of our country. You know, our country has a psyche. Every Every, every nation of people, when people get together, they agree on certain things. When they agree on certain things, that becomes the personality and the psyche of that particular group. So if you were to go to England, there's a certain psyche or a certain uh, thought process that uh, Brits have. And their cosmology or their framework and view of the world is different from someone who is from Russia or someone who is from India. Every nation has a framework about how they see the world and how they see themselves. And America has a, a mindset we're very ethnocentric in terms of how we see the world. You know, we talk about melting pots. Well, in order for there to be a melting pot, everything has to be melted down and turned into a 
singular substance that contributes to the whole of the group. Although that's the mentality that a lot of politicians like to uh, subscribe to and a lot of people subscribe to who are in power, uh, we're very pluralistic. There are a lot of different kinds of people here, a lot of different mindsets, a lot of different religions, beliefs, attitudes, and feelings. And I think that through mass media, through television, uh, through um, a lot of authoritative thinking, American, the American people, especially this generation now that's voting, uh, the younger generation, uh, have been prepped to receive someone like a Donald Trump. I think that uh, you know we, we're, we're not well, we're not a well read nation of people. Uh, it's ironic how we live in the we live in the information age where we're the most some of the mis, some of the most misinformed people on the planet. Uh, you know, the, I think the the word of the year last year and according to dictionary.com was post truth. Post truth. So post truth is basically just a thought process that 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 uh, outlines the idea that you know something cannot be true and still be said and be accepted. And all it is is conditioning. It's conditioning. You know, and and what we what we're looking at now, you know, we, we talk about reading and, and books. In 1984, uh, George Orwell wrote this book in 1950, but he wrote it about 1984. It's a post, uh, it's a, uh, it's a utopian book. And, and these kind of books are books that talk about how the future can be. Paints this picture of people. People are basically zombies. Uh, they, they go to work every day. They, they go throughout their lives without any kind of real kind of uh, cultivating of their spirits or their minds. Uh, they exercise their, their anger and their frustrations at, at the movies. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a person that appears on the screen. They they hurl things at the screen and, and curse insults at the screen and this person. And uh, they have this catharsis, and then they leave, and they go back to their lives. And that's really what we are now, if you think about it. You know, we we ingest so much so much media, yeah. so much social media. Uh, you know, you go on. People are controlled by it. Oh, yeah. There's some people who wake up almost like prayer. Yeah, you know, they wake up. First thing they do, they go to their phone. The first thing they do when they wake up, they check their phones. They go to, um, I mean, just amazing extremes to basically be accepted. And I think to, to a degree, people were kind of forming what you call, and I've said this before, and I really believe this, we've kind of created a society. I don't care if it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google, all these. They, you know, they people are wanting followers. They're wanting likes. It's almost like they want to be little God. You know what I mean? They want. They pretty much want to say, I have this much influence to where I have so many people following me. Not that, you know, you can break that down and say, well, I may have so many people supposedly following me, but how many people are active? How many people are engaged? So to me, there's a breakdown, you know, beyond that. But it's not – and I think the whole thing with Donald Trump, I think he's seeing um, – I personally feel that he, he didn't think he was going to win. I really feel that way. It was just more of a thing where he jumped in, convinced himself that, hey, I can win this, and he convinced a lot of people. He came in with a slogan. He came in with a program, stuck with it. I'm going to make America great again. What do you mean, make America great again? He's very unprepared to take the job. But you're right. Um, we have moved away from communalism, and communalism is basically the idea that everybody has a place in a society. Everybody uh, looks out for one another. Everybody, and, and, and I'm not talking about heaven on earth. I'm just talking about the idea if you grew up in a neighborhood, you know, you grew up in a neighborhood, there was older people down the street that your parents had to respect. Uh, they were, those people would look out for you. Those people would sometimes discipline you. Uh, they would say something to you. We, we don't do that anymore. We have a very transient society. We have a very privatized society. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't feel the need to, we, we don't empower people to do good anymore. Uh, if anything, why, why is that? Fear. Fear of? Well, uh, fear of, of, of rejection, uh, fear that you may always step your bounds. Uh, there's, there's fear that what you're asking people to do is not politically correct. 
And politically correct is a very ambiguous term because what is politically correct? I mean, that's basically going around, going along with whatever the crowd subscribes to. So there's fear in doing that. There's fear in actually stepping up and doing the right thing. We don't have a lot of men in the society. We have a lot of males. We don't have a lot of men who are who are stepping up and, and, and doing what they're supposed to do in terms of leading. To me, I, I feel that yeah. we have a society that's wanting to be young, forever young. It's almost like, you know, it's I don't want to grow older. I want to stay young. So if I need to act young, and, and women as well. But I think women have a tendency. I, I do. One thing I love about women is that they're seem like they come together for anything. Oh, we're going to get together as a peanut party. We're going to get together. We're going to talk about, you know, building empowerment for women. Yay. You know, and I think we as men have to be able to develop similar. To not, not that we don't. There are platforms out there, but I think we have to do more than just talking. We need to have agendas. We need to also have some timetables in which we can get some things completed and done. Because social, we become very, very social. That's why social media is so huge. Do you feel that we're doing more talk? Than, than walking? I do. Um, Greg, what, what unites men is a mission. If God gave man a mission in the beginning, right, uh, and, and, and if, you, if you're a, a Bible-believing person, uh, you look at the Garden of Eden, God gave man a job, and he gave somebody to take care of. And that's, that was his mission, and to obey the laws that he gave him. So you think about this now. We have men who shrink at the, uh, at the responsibility of raising children. Uh, we have men who, who you know, their, their goal is to please self. We have a very, uh, we have a society that's living in rest, arrested development because of the leaders. And, you know, someone may say, oh, you're calling out men. I am. Um, I think that if we're... <laughs> I mean, if if if, if we're going to be real about it, I mean, you know, we're we 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 looked at this election, and and I think one of the biggest issues was, man, who would I choose from? They're both kind of, you know, I don't know, they're kind of questionable characters. And the question we should have been asking ourselves was, man, why is there no one qualified or no one with any integrity that I do believe in running? You know, um, and I think that as a society, we have become a lot of talk because what social media does, what what the society that we form does, it it, it it puts people in the mode of monologue. When you go on social media and you talk to this screen and you type in this stuff and you type tw- you tweet or whatever it is you're doing, you're really monologue. You're not talking to anybody. You're throwing it out there and people will say stuff back. You can post it on a message board. And, and, and that really what that does, all it does is isolate you. We talk about people fulfilling their obligations in terms of age and growing up. Communities do that. Communities teach people how to grow up. Communities show people, okay, when I'm 50, this is what I want to be like. When I'm 25, I should be doing this. When I'm 30, I should be doing this. What it, it, it does. It projects you into the future. But without community, when you don't have community, when you're missing that thing, that's how society is imploded. That's how society is imploded. That's how societies in Africa imploded when you took slaves away from uh, – took Africans away from their, their communities and, and, and made them lands and brought them over here. That's how uh, societies implode when you uh, start committing genocide and, and killing off folks. And we know this because you see this all the time. Whenever societies implode, it's because everyone is – you have gender confusion, you have role confusion, you have confusion everywhere, and that's the chaos that we're living in at this point. And that's how someone like a Donald Trump can ascend to the the uh, the, the platform of presidency and, and, and be able to enact some of the things that he's, he's done because at, at the end of the day, attitude reflects leadership. So – America actually got the president that it deserved. It got the president that it wanted. Fifty people, fifty percent of the people voted for this guy, or, or at least a little bit close to half. So, <laughs> hey, or you ask Kim. I mean, there's a voter fraud thing going on, but but 
what, 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 what's being what, really what we're seeing here is that we're seeing a projection of what we believe in, what we think as a nation, what we're willing, and I won't say what we believe in, what we're willing to uh, endure and, and, and deal with, and that's that's coming in our leadership. And that's because the leadership in the different communities that, that make up America is, is, is absent. If you just tuned in, you are listening to Greg Speaks Live. Of course, my very special guest is Stephen Tolliver, definitely a visionarian and excellent brothers uh, on fire here with all this wisdom. I mean, just flowing here. And I, and I like it. And, of course, if you're tuning in, we're talking about it, y'all. We're talking about where do we go from here, okay? Community or chaos? Where do we go from here? And, of course, um, we're going to get more into it uh, after we come back. We're going to take a break. Today's Greg Speaks Live is being brought to you by Cobbin & Associates, as well as Texas Anger Managers. If you need anger management, stop by TexasAngerManagers.com. Cobbin & Associates Education Consulting Services, providing support to schools K-12. through Dr. Jackie Cobbin is the speaker of choice for assemblies, conferences, and women gatherings. Cobbin & Associates offers staff development for teachers and administrators. She is a nationally recognized educational consultant, technical writer, and editor for nonprofit and profit organizations. Mentoring young men and women and expanding her God-given kingdom authority is Dr. Cobbin's life's purpose. Her most recently published book, According to His Purpose, has already landed Dr. Cobbin the Influential Authors Award of Houston. For being Business Journal named Dr. Cobbin as one of the most effective and results-oriented consultants in America. As a CEO of Cobbin & Associates Educational Consulting Services, schedule an appointment or to book Dr. Jackie Cobbin for your next speaking engagement call 832-715-6830. Cobbin & Associates. Greg Speaks Live. Again, we're having a straight talk conversation here where we're talking about where do we go from here, community or chaos? My special guest today is no other than, none other than, Stephen Tolliver. And uh, Stephen, we're talking about it. We're kind of getting really into the historical components. But I'd like to know, do you feel that Dr. King was right? Was he right? Well, I think that Dr. King saw something that a lot of us didn't see coming. Uh, I think that he was able to look past race. Uh, and, and race, you know, race is, is a, um, we talk about race, that is a reality for us because it is a reality that we all subscribe to. And like I said before, you know, every society has its own personality, own thought process, own psyche. So whatever people get together and agree with, that's reality for them. So, you know, Dr. King began to look beyond race because he began to see, man, we have these rights. We have all this stuff at the same time. You know, why are my people still suffering? Why are people, and he began to, he began to look and see, wow, the poor are suffering. Wow, you know, the black and brown kids are being sent to the front lines. He saw what uh, people are beginning to see now, which is social injustice, 
social injustice. When we talk about social injustice, that is injustice within the communities that we live in. He began to see that. I think he was right. I think that he was right, uh, and, I, and I'll read a quote from his book. Um, it says, our hope for creative living in this world house that we have inherited lies in our ability to reestablish the moral ends of our lives and personal character and social justice. Without this spiritual and moral reawakening, we shall destroy ourselves in the misuse of our own instruments. So you think about this. There's there's a there's a certain duality that we 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 all have. You know, we're all more than just flesh and blood. We know that. Uh, and I think that when we, I think at some point in time, we began to focus more on the material, focus more on the stuff, focus more on the exterior than the interior. And, and when that happens, you know, the communities began to erode because when community is about the idea of everyone thinking about other people above themselves. So when that stops happening and we start, you know, becoming more individualized, you know, we start becoming more about uh, accumulating wealth, uh, getting ahead, chasing, you know, uh, chasing the Joneses, we start getting when eighty when we consume when as a nation we consume eighty percent of the world's resources and we only make up twenty percent of the world's population. Then there's something out of whack. There's some something out of balance. And Dr. King alluded to this shortly before he was killed, uh, before he was assassinated in '68. Um, he's just talking about how America is the greatest purveyor of injustice. Um, you know, we we have when we talk about the violence that's occurred, and 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 I'll, I'll share this. I, I had an opportunity. My wife and I had an opportunity to live overseas for, two, for about two years. I think that it was, it was God's will that that happened. Uh, we went to go live in a Muslim country. We went to go live in Abu Dhabi uh, for for two years. And while we were there, um, you know, we had to stop watching the news because when you live in the desert and you live in, in the Middle East, if you watch the news, if you watch Fox and CNN all the time, you'll think that your house is going to be blown up every five minutes. Was it totally different? and what the news was projecting? Because a lot of times news says a lot of things, like they were saying supposedly he was winning. But in actuality, it was uh, something totally different. And um, what what do you feel that there's too much propaganda that's taking place? There, does there need to be more accountability for the news? Well, well I think that we're seeing the fruits of, of, of news propaganda now. I think, you know, it's funny, the president is at war with the media, but he, they're, they're actually the ones that got him elected. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there, when we were in the desert, man, uh, we went over there right around the time ISIS began to become a real threat to the United States. And, you know, I remember sitting there in, uh, in the hotel uh, watching the news, and there were all these Syrian children who had been gassed and killed in 2013. And uh, come to find out, you know, that 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 became questionable. You know, that, that attack became questionable. Um, there was a lot of stuff happening, and it was happening not far from us, maybe 3,000 miles north of us. But... Um, I never felt like I was in any, any, any danger while I was there. Uh, you know, there was what – I, what I learned while I was there was just that, you know, we, we're a little backwards here. Uh, you know, this country is surrounded by terrorist cells, all kinds of different stuff that's happening at the same time. I felt safer there than I felt in Houston. Wow. You feel that there's too much of an entitlement. It seems like a lot of people are spoiled here. We, we have it quite well. Because I remember years ago um, I was talking with a good friend of mine, out in Los Angeles, and he was telling me, uh, he said, if you think this news is negative, he said, man, you go, go to some of these other countries. He said, man, they, they're, they're like fearing going down the street. They're bombs and this and that. That's what he was telling me because uh, after his visit to those areas. 
But again, like you said, if you look at the news, you would think, oh, man. But again, have you listened to Greg Speaks Live? This is Stephen Tolliver. We are talking about where do we go from here? Where do we go? Community or chaos? The phone number is 515-739-1285. Enter the extension 198-387-POUND. And, of course, we'll take your calls. We're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines right now. Looks like we have a caller. 310-515. Okay, you're on with Greg Speaks. Yes, hello. This is Nathan. Yeah, I was just calling in. I just want to say I really appreciate the show that's taking place. I just want to know, um, are we going to be able to get this impeached? This guy is just ridiculous. I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, will he be impeached? And also, just that's one part. Two parts is this, this country, for some reason, I'm feeling that there is more division among us here in the United States. We're not united. And I just think we have to stop looking at each other as, uh, you know, this this person is white, that person's black, or this person is um, rich. Um, I don't have this or I don't have that. What can we do? I mean, I hear you guys talking. It sounds good. What can we do to move this ball forward uh, just as a culture? And I'll listen off air. Thank you. And you guys carry on with your show. Thank you, sir. Nathan, um, I think that we, uh, you know, we're in a crisis right now. Uh, and, you know, if, if you've really been paying attention over the last couple of years watching the news, we're in a real big crisis. We're in a crisis on, on, a, on, a, on a social level and uh, social and political level. I think we got to put down our dues. Um, we gotta. We really have to start seeing ourselves, and we gotta get away from us versus them, man. Like seriously, when I came, I, one thing I one thing I had to do when I was overseas is this: I had to I had to learn how to stop being an angry brother because being an angry brother in a Muslim country didn't help me. Uh, you know, I don't speak the language. I, my wife was pregnant at the time. I, you know, I couldn't even catch a cab. I, I didn't know what to do. I'm in a foreign country, and I'm walking around with all this baggage that I've accumulated from living in the U.S. as a black man all this time, and these people could care less. Uh, you know, they discriminate based on passports. So, you know, if my, your passport don't say Emirati, then, then, you know, you're a scrub. So, I mean, that's everybody. It's 9 million people living there, one, uh, and, and 8 million of those people are working there, and, and 1 million are natives. So, it was kind of we we had to we I began to see things differently. It was very humbling, and you know I had to learn how to smile. I had to learn how to be less threatening toward people. You know, and we're not talking about that non-threatening black man kind of deal that we got here. I'm talking about non-threatening in terms of hey, okay, I don't speak your language. Let me humble myself enough to ask you questions. And I had to learn how to wear that every day, and that became me. So when I came home, you know. I, I wasn't. I, I didn't have anger or fear toward uh, white people anymore because I realized, man, like you, you, you really, if you really want to progress and survive, there's certain things you got to put down. And as a group, as a as a as American group, we got to put down certain things. We're all suffering. That's what we don't realize. Everybody's suffering in their own way, some kind of way. Whether you're whether you're black, white, Latino, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, everyone is suffering because of the conditions that we're allowing ourselves to live in. And while this happens, people are taking advantage of this. This is divide and conquer is all it is. So we have to make a decision as a, as a, as a community. And we talk about community. We got to start caring for one another again. You know, when something happens to the Muslim community in the United States, we should feel bad for them. When something happens to African Americans, when a, when a young black man is gunned down in Chicago. We should feel bad about that. When 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 there's a, a school shooting somewhere and, and, and there's a school shooting in Connecticut and all the kids are white, we should feel bad about that because at the end of the day, they're human. And that's what I think this presidency and what's happening right now is really going to show us is that he, you know, I, I think he mentioned this speech, you know, forgotten America, he never be forgotten again. At the end of the day, what, man. What did he mean by that? Well, I think he was trying to appeal to a, I think he was trying to appeal to middle class or lower class white males. Uh, I, I think he was trying to appeal to his base, the people who voted him in. Um, and 
and actually what's funny is that I won't, I won't say lower class because really Hillary had a, the, the lowest of the class voted for Hillary. But I think he's trying to appeal to angry white males or angry uh, white Americans who feel entitled to an America that no longer exists. And I think that in this in the, in this denial, there's a denial, a certain denial level, you know, uh, everywhere. You know, oh, they make America great again. America was never great on that level. We talk about America, America great again. You know, every country's heyday is, is some is some group of people's uh, uh, misery. So America may have been great for that, a particular group or the group that he's trying to appeal to, but, I mean, it was hell for a lot of other people. So now that we have more people who could be included in this tapestry and be entitled to these rights and these privileges that being an American provides, some people don't like that. And, and America, America is not about privilege. It's about access. You know, privilege is something that you – privileges sometimes you don't earn privileges. Yeah, it's about access. And, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, you, when you talk about nations uh, – nations being able to pass down inheritances to, to their to their, their offspring it only lasts about maybe two or three generations and then everybody has to fend for themselves and that's kind of where we are right now and I, I think that some Americans are in denial about the idea that we have to fend for ourselves but here's a, here's a caveat to that if we start caring for one another it doesn't become a dog eat dog society we have to and, and that's the thing I think that I think that before this presidency is over you know Nathan and I if they impeach him if they impeach the guy it's going to take a year to get him out they tried to impeach Bill Clinton that took forever Nixon same thing uh, and, and I don't see him stepping down. But I think that this presidency, what this presidency is going to do is put this country in a pressure cooker that it has not been put in in a very, very long time, if ever. And it's going to force people to begin to look at each other and see that we're all the same. You know, we're all the same. I mean, we really are. And, and if you if you don't believe that, go somewhere else and show them your passport. <laughs> you're an American, you're an American. Time, of course, all good things almost come to an end. I definitely have to have you on again. The show went a little bit too fast for me. Cover a couple quick points. We'll be able to bring you back on another time to really go deeper, you know, into it and even do more of a roundtable uh, discussion because I think it would be important, you know, to even have a group of us come together and dialogue, have a, like, you know, a healthy exchange. I personally feel just with the two of us and uh, appreciate the call. And again, um, let's talk about, and in, in specifically, the present danger, you know, demagogues and authoritarianism. Well, uh, and, I, and I'll try to be very brief. I talk a lot, Greg. Um, demagogues and authoritarianism. Demagogues rise to power whenever a group of people feel is that they're powerless. When people feel like they're powerless, they're willing to give their power over to an individual who who promises uh, to restore that power to them. But in essence, what ends up happening is they give that person the ball and the person takes off running. And oftentimes, the very thing that they've been promised, they never receive. Uh, and they lose more in the process. And that's what happened in 1930 Germany. That's what has happened. And just about every dictatorship that we could think of is that people reach a point where they're destitute and they, and they need a savior. And this is when people basically elevate a man to the status of basically a god. This person has no sex, no balances. Uh, and, you know, demagogues, whatever you want to say, on the school bus, classroom, or whatever, that person, we would just dismiss that person. You know, that, that, that boy's a fool. But when we talk about this on a national scale, on a national level, uh, it just takes the right set of ingredients. It takes the right set of ingredients for people to begin to give over their rights and their powers. And I think that's what's happened to our nation. We've given over our rights. Most people don't even know what their rights are. You know, we had a president in, in, in George Bush who, you know, was very unpopular with some of the decisions that he made. We had a president in, in President Barack Obama who was scrutinized a lot because of President Bush. And now we have a president and President Trump who who has tried to uh, gag the media, uh, who has had more executive orders in the first week of, as president than 
last president had in his two terms. And in addition to that, uh, this particular president doesn't like to be asked questions. Not at all. Doesn't want to be held accountable. And and that's the thing is that I think we need to start holding not only him, but all politicians and all people who purport to lead us, hold these people accountable. But you can't hold people accountable if you know what you're doing. So we got to educate ourselves. That's really what it boils down to. What can the president do? What can he not do? And stop and, and get off Facebook and get off Twitter because real information doesn't live there. Exactly. This is make up anything. Oh, yeah. Fake news. Fake news. Post truth. Post truth. That's right. Post truth. All right. Definitely appreciate it. And again, uh, Stephen Tolliver here on Greg Speaks Live. You guys hope you guys learned some things. How do we get here? Okay. Where do we go from here? Community or chaos? Dr. King's fourth book, which was quite powerful. I think he had checked into Jamaica somewhere into a room and he had no phones or nothing. And he really focused on that book. If you really read that book, you'll begin to understand. Even if you go to Wikipedia, that gives you quick bits of information. It breaks it down quite clearly from a standpoint that you'll realize that it was his last book, and that book is alive, just as relevant as it was then, now, okay, if not more. So again, I definitely want to thank you for coming on and sharing with my listening audience again. You guys, until next time, every Saturday, 2 p.m., with Greg Speaks Live. Stay encouraged. Remember, life is fleeting. Okay, life is very fleeting, and we have to realize that any day could be the last day. So let's try to love one another. Let's be positive. And I'm gonna leave you in these words: Life is just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon you, can't refuse it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it. But it's up to you to use it. You must give an account if you abuse it. It's a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. I'm Gregory DeAnderson Jr. It's been Greg Speaks Live. Today's Greg Speaks Live is being brought to you by Cobbin and Associates, as well as Texas Anger Managers. If you need anger management, stop by Texas. Angermanagers.com. Before you put on this record, understand this is for all of my ancestors who were raped, who were killed, and hung because of their plight for freedom and for dignity. They died for me and they died for you. This is for them to know that, yes, even today in 1992, we are still fired up and we're still. Talking about revolution.
how to be but angry Feel infected like we got gangrene Please don't let anybody try to change me Me, just me in the middle of a sea Full of faces, full of faces Some laugh, some salivate What's in your alleyway? Recycling bins or bullet cases? It's not equal, it's not fair We're different people, but we're not scared We ain't never scared To pave a new path, make a new street Build a new bridge can you see by the dawn's early light? Free slaves running songs, words weren't right. Now a new day's coming, the few stays done. And while the many are handsome, your soul is alive. But they want it for ransom. The bass drumming is the anthem. We stepped in the heartbeats of our granddaughters and grandsons. And rise together, we 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 University, or you and I burst the tease, react automatic and we burst the squeeze, and make 9-11 each emergency, urgency, and put to rest like the turn and leave, oh please let the hurt cease, don't let apathy police the populace, we will march across, those stereotypes that were marked for us, the answer's obvious, we switch the continents and change the sword to words and lift continents, You're tuned in to GSL, where Greg speaks live. Topics include anger and stress management, relationship development, business spotlight, everyday people, and celebrity profiles. Greg Speaks Live programming allows listeners to step into their purpose by hearing the difference through education, applied knowledge, open communication, and keeping it real. Now let the dialogue begin. It's your host, author, and anger management facilitator, Gregory D. Anderson, Jr. Greg Speaks Live. Yo, what's up? This is Jamie Foxx. Stay tuned for Greg Speaks Live. With Greg Anderson. Right now, you are definitely in the mix in a mindful way. Listening to Gregory D. Anderson Jr. here on Greg Speaks Live. Greg Speaks Live.
Hey everybody, this is Stephen Tolliver, and I'm here with the realist Gregory D. Anderson Jr. Spitting truth on the airwaves. Excellent show, excellent quality programming. Whenever I speak, I call this brother. Listen to Greg Speaks Live.